just take a moment to acknowledge the Lord for his grace, his presence, and his love. Our Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercies, which are better than life itself. We thank you for the privilege given us to share your word, the insights and revelations you give us enlighten our paths. For even your word says that the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the symbol. Let light flood into the hearts of God's people as we commence the seven-day workshop intended at transforming and helping to impact the lives of your people that they may live the life of what dreams are made of the life as seen as revealed in the mind of God I ask that you anoint the ease of every individual listening to these lectures on truth, on how to revolutionize and recreate their lives. That they may hear clearly as they ought and that the word of God may enter their hearts, planted in their hearts to bring forth the desired result. You said that the seed planted in good ground bears forth some 30, 60, 100 fold and let this be a reality those who will listen to these lectures and teachings on truth. We give you glory, we give you thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hope you all can see me. Praise the Lord. Good evening. I trust 
your oh well and are ready to take your lives to the next level. I'm kindly going to ask because we are going to use a different system for teaching um, for the next several days in this workshop. So I'm, I'm kindly going to ask you that you, you have notes, a notebook, and a pen to write down everything that we are going to discuss over the next several days in this workshop. And I want you to not rely on the fact that this message will be uploaded and made available to you, that you're ready your mind, you prepare your, your mind to learn and a notepad and a pen really helps with uh, give the right setting for your mind. I don't want you to just listen. I want you to soak in what you're going to learn because what I'm going to teach you over the next several days is guaranteed to make tremendous transformative changes in your life from where you are now, the level where you are now, will shift drastically when you begin to learn and practice what I will be sharing with you. I was lying down the other day and I was just contemplating and meditating. And I received this idea from the Spirit of God to challenge God's people to do what God did in Genesis chapter 1 when he recreated the world. And the goal of this workshop is to equip you with the necessary knowledge and understanding on 
how the forces that control life work and to give you the know-how for using the creative tools that are inherent in you for not only designing but sculpting your life out of nothing into that which you desire. I am going to challenge you and give you tasks to challenge your mind and to really try and get you to actively participate in making the changes that you want to see in your life apparent because there are laws that are created by God for our benefit and that if we do not participate or actively engage those laws for our benefit, we'd always constantly wonder why life seems to be unfair to us. Why can't I have what I desire? Why can't my dreams come true? Why is my life full of penury and struggle and limitations? And all those things will be answered tonight and in these successive days. But I want you right now, listening to me, to tell yourself that irrespective of whoever will do what, but as for me, I'm going to listen to what this man says and I'm going to do and implement what he instructs. Because I guarantee you, should you do and implement the teachings, principles that I'm going to lay out for you on how to materialize, on how to manifest practically anything in this life that you desire. But you must understand something, that things don't just happen. 
things in life do not just happen. To move from one, one phase or one level of life to another requires activity, requires your participation and commitment. And I'm going to show you step by step by the help of the Spirit of God how to shape and reshape your life to what you want it to be. How some of these things that I'll teach you can guarantee changes from the next week. Serious changes. Let's use the litany of scripture and investigate these truths laid down for us in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. So tonight will be more of an introductory lecture where we will lay some foundations of truth for where we want to take this um, workshop. So, you don't have to agree with me now. Uh, that's fine, but just open your mind and listen. All right? Just listen. Open your mind and listen and investigate yourself if what I will tell you is truth. I want us to read verse 1. In the beginning, and I want your mouth to move as well, all right? Let's read from verse 1, please. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning. Now, there are two things we want to outline there. The first is that God being an invincible spiritual and sovereign 
force, spirit, created not only the earth, I mean, not only the heavens, but also the earth, a physical, material ecology that exists in the material or physical plane. So the earth being a three-dimensional world, a world in which the artifacts are relatable, they are tangible. Right now you're sitting on a chair and it is solid. You can feel it. You can feel its density, its weight. You can feel its texture, its feel. And because there is dimensions within that chair, your eye and your mind registers that chair as physical, a localized substance. So is every other thing on earth that we get to enjoy and engage with. The cars we drive, the house we live in, right? They are all materials or artifacts that are tangible. But God, who created the earth and everything in it, the trees, uh, uh, the animals, uh, the waters, the mountains, these are things that are perceptible to our eyes. But God created them. I want us to look quickly at John chapter 4 before we come back there because I want to substantiate something. John chapter 4. Don't worry, we may be using the Bible as our anchor, but nothing that we are sharing here is religious, trust me. So John chapter 4, verse 24. So God is spirit. God is spirit. God is spirit. So, God being a spirit is not perceptible in this plane. We cannot see the wind, right? We cannot see the wind, but we can feel the wind. So, in, in the absence of sight, 
what convinces us of the reality of the wind is the fact that the sensation of feeling is what registers to us about the reality of the wind. But we can't see wind. Nobody here at any time can say with proof and validation that they've seen the constituencies of wind. None of us. Because wind is spirit. Wind is ruach. But the impact the, the wind makes and leaves is evident to us all. When a hurricane passes over a region, it will leave its imprints. Even though our eyes cannot see the wind, but the sensation of feeling qualifies wind as reality. That means it is not only what we can see that is real. So that you cannot see something is not conclusive of its non-existence. So, so simply not seeing something does not disqualify it from being real. So there, you can you can you cannot see something, and yet it it be as real as the thing you see. Because there are other there are other faculties of your being that can resonate with the reality of that substance, even though it is not seen. In the same way that we do not see wind, yet wind affects us all. In the same way that we, we, we do not see through our eyes the flu virus, yet the flu virus can enter into our, uh, into our bodies, affect how we function, affect our immune system, and thus nobody can disqualify. Nobody can effectively prove that the virus of flu does not exist because we feel it and it we feel is it, it i mean we feel its existence in other forms that are not related to sight so sight is not the only way we can prove that they are things that exist. That means it is not safe to rely only on what you can see as a validation of truth and reality. In fact, it is erroneous, it is wrong, incorrect for you to assume the posture that what you don't see because you don't see it is not real. So that means there are realities that exist that cannot be handled through sight, but through other systems in our faculties. So Jesus in John chapter 4 said, God is spirit. Now, if we go back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, where the Bible says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. A being called God 
who is spirit. God is spirit. So if you wanted to, you could, you could paraphrase the, the word God and replace it with the word spirit. And say, in the beginning, spirit created the heavens and the earth. So now, what we are beginning to enter into is an understanding, a breakdown of the anatomy of the universe. Of the source of the universe. How everything seen and unseen in the universe was created. How it came to manifest and how it came to materialize in all its different planes and stratas. And, and we see that the source code of creation is spirit. So, everything physical, I want you to follow me now and listen to me very carefully. Everything spiritual, unseen, that which is unseen, we call it spiritual because we can't see it, right? Everything physical that is tangible, both emanate from one source called spirit. So spirit, the force spirit, the Ruach spirit is responsible for the creation and the establishment of everything physical. Now it's important that you understand this because when we get into the practical aspects on how to manifest and produce, you will understand from where we produce, from where we manifest our desires, where we manifest the things we want to see in our lives. Because everything that is seen, which is outside, comes from an unseen plane, comes from an unseen force, which is spirit. So the, the trees we see today the elements we interact with today, the artifacts that we, and the inanimate objects that we uh, uh, engage with on a daily basis in this plane of life, all emanates from the substance of spirit. So the universe is a child of the spirit. So the first law of creation is that the fundamental principle of creation, the fundamental principle of creation is that every single thing that exists in the spiritual and more especially in the physical has its origin or its DNA from the spirit. In my meditations, in my meditations, I, I, I was meditating and looking into how, how to bring into my life the things that are in my thoughts. How to bring in my life the things that are in my thoughts. Right? For instance, in your thoughts right now, right? In your thoughts right now exists the reality of owning 
a big business, a big car, a ha having a great marriage, right? In, in your thoughts right now, there, there exists activity of thoughts that are reflective of your desires. So I was, I, was, I was thinking about it. And then the spirit said to me, put more pressure on the spirit. So I was thinking about more money, more influence, and, and the spirit says, put more pressure on the spirit. Now, what he meant was that focus, focus on the source. Focus on the powers or the forces that control the thing that you want to manifest. So here you are now. There are things in your life that are absent. Right? Absent in the sense that you do not relate with them. You can't see them. You, you can't enjoy the money in the bank account. You can't enjoy the fruits of the business you want to start. Things are there, but they are abject. They are abstract. So there has to be a way in which everything that is desired and seen manifests. So we read in Genesis that in the beginning, God, who is spirit, created the heavens and the earth. He created the spiritual and the physical. So God is responsible for this material world. He's responsible for this physical world. God who is spirit. If any scientific theory that does not premise the creation of this physical world from God is false and demonic because the earth was created out of nothing. It was created out of nothing. The substance that resulted in the earth being formed and created was the substance of God. It was the substance of spirit. Which means that in your life individually, and I will show you why I say so, in your life individually, you can create a life for yourself that does not presently exist. You can create out of nothing a life that does not now presently exist. You can make alterations to your life that presently exist. You can restructure how your life is. And, and let me tell you something. 
you do not need an education degree to do so. Because we have been deceived to think that if we don't have some educational degree or qualification that will be failures in life. So you've always associated failure in life with a, a paper, a degree from a system created by men. So the vast majority of our lives we've spent investing in in things that really are not the primary impact or impactors or factors in transformative life or in transformative living. I'm not saying having a degree is wrong or bad, but I'm saying that 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 is not conclusive. That does not decide whether or not you make it in life. Because the forces that control success and failure are not external forces. They are forces that are unseen and forces that exist within the matrix of the spirit. That's why a man can drop out of school and be more successful than a man with a hundred degrees. Because it's not so much that you, 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 you have many degrees that guarantees your success, but that you understand the operations of life. Not of the world, of life. Because the world operates on the framework, on the system that is satanic in nature. I'm talking about life as it is a force of God's creation. Because it is the forces of life that you really need to tap into and access in order for you to begin seeing and making the changes that you need. The problem is that you've been focusing on altering and adapting to a system which is designed by nature to cause you to fail. When you look at the system of this world, it is contrasted to the system of life. In the beginning, the Bible tells us that God created everything in abundance. How is it that there can be so much abundance in this earth, in this world, yet there are so many people suffering, yet there are very few people enjoying the abundance that is, is, is in, is, 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 that God created? The problem is that the, those who created the system have created the system in such a way as to alienate those who have no clue on how life works. Therefore, they cannot enjoy the abundance that is available for everybody in this world. There are, there are over 68 million people in South Africa, yet five people control 80% of the wealth that exists in South Africa. There are over 7 billion people on earth, yet 1%, 1%, that means no more than 7 million people, no more than 7 million people on earth control 80%, 90% of the resources and the wealth and the abundance that exists exists in this world and then they'll come tell us that we there's not enough food 
There's not, no, there is enough. There is enough for all of us because God would not create a system in which the earth would be so overpopulated that it would be incapable of catering for the needs of the beings that exist within that plane. Because God, who is an abundant spirit, created the entire earth. So if God created the earth, as long as capacity and ability to birth is there, there will be enough and sufficient for all of us. Yet because we have been adapted, we have been enslaved to a system of a world and not of life. We have lost touch with the mysteries, with the forces that regulate how manifestation in our lives takes place. So poverty is a result of the ignorance of how the systems of life, how the forces of life are manipulated and controlled to bring about the desired outcome. So this means, what I'm telling you is that you don't have to engage or be adapted or enslaved to any system in order for you to enjoy the life you live. There was no school. I never heard of elementary school, preschool. I never heard of primary school, secondary school, or tertiary school in the Garden of Eden or in ancient civilization that men had to attend in order for them to access the wealth that is available for all of us. It does not exist. So you've been sold a lie that you would, you, you would have to serve the master of this world in order for you to enjoy and access the abundance that you desire. Yet every single day when you go to work, you see other people more wealthier, more richer, more advancing, more happier than you. And you wonder, when is my happiness due? When is my abundance due? When are my desires to be met? When other people's desires are met? It's because there are people who have understood, whether consciously or unconsciously, engage with the forces that control abundance, the forces that control the materialization of our dreams today you are not poor because you do not go to school you must understand that you're not poor because no you're not poor because you do not work a great job that's not what causes poverty the limitations of man are created by men's constant Excuse me. They are created by man's constant and unwavering allegiance to a system. But once you realize that in you, in you, in you as an individual exists all the power and the capability to create and manifest anything, you will begin to shift perspective in how you work, in, in, in what you define as work. Because what most of us do isn't work, it's slavery. 
We, we slave in the system and yet we do not apply the forces of the spirit that, that regulate the life that we want to live. So he says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now let's read verse 26. Let's read verse 26. This is just a foundation, okay? Verse 26. Can, can we read? Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Who, who is the who is the us? Who is the ours? Ah, I said you don't, you don't have to believe what I say now just listen he says let us make man now God God is not a earth being God is not an earth being God does not live on earth so he says, this God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, I, I want us to stop there and I want us to extract a few things there. That number one, man is made in the multi-dimensional image of God because he does not say, let us make man in my, let, let me make man in my image. He said, let us so all, all the dimensions of God, however many they are, were involved in the creation of the species of man. That means every part of God is in man. Every part of God is in man because man is created in his image. Right? In fact, in fact, the, the, the true communication or expression of this verse is not in his image, is in their image. Man is created in their image. So if if we read verse 1 of Genesis, and we read verse 26 of Genesis. We find that man possesses in himself the qualities and abilities that made God create the earth. I'll repeat what I just said. Verse 1 of Genesis tells us that God is a creator and he creates spiritual realities and physical realities, being a spirit. So he has, he has what I term creative assets. 
and man created in their image possesses those same creative assets. He possesses those same creative assets to create unseen and seen realities. Now, now this is where things get interesting, right? Because some that are listening now might argue that nah, it's 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 impossible to for me to be a creator of unseen realities. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do you think? Do you think? And and in your thinking, do you imagine things sometimes? Huh? Do you imagine things sometimes in your thinking? Secondly, do you dream? Now, dreaming, dreaming is is an unconscious activity that you take part in. It, it is it is it is it is it is it is the the playing out of thoughts that has been recorded in your soul that most of the time you have no control over. But when you are awake, you think, right? So thinking is dreaming in a wake state. Dreaming is thinking in sleep state. Question. Some of the things you think about, dream about, imagine, are the things that you can touch or relate with. You can't, right? Most of the things, for instance, you've imagined yourself at one point in life driving a nice car, living in a nice house, right? You've imagined those things, right? When you came out of that dream, did you all of a sudden go into a nice car? But you were in your mind, you were driving that car. In your mind, you were living, you were living in that house. And there are times when, when those thoughts, those imaginations affect how you feel. where you can attach feeling to what you are experiencing in, in that unseen dimension. Now, what are you doing? What you, what you are doing is the process, is what we call the process of creation. And you, you, are, you are exuding the creative asset that God used when he created the heavens and the earth. Now, if you can do that in your dreams, in your imaginations, in your thoughts, you can do that physically. <laughs> so, you have, this proves that you have the image and the likeness of them. Because you can live in your thoughts and in your dreams and in your imaginations. 
But the problem is that you have not been told that that place is the real place. That that place is actually the creative dimension that exists within you. So God, before he creates, he goes into that dimension called imagination. That dimension called mind. That dimension called thought. He goes there and he conceives an idea. He conceives a thought. He relates with it. He negotiates with it. He engages with it until there's an emotion. Can I give you a revelation? Let me tell you. The reason why God created or manifested the earth was because he found pleasure in his imagination when he was engaging with that reality. So thoughts are not just abstract. Thoughts are real things. They are real substances with weight, with energy. Now I'll give you an example, right? Have, 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 have if, if right now I can talk about somebody you don't like, right? And you begin thinking about them. Do you know it will change your mood? It will change how you feel. You, you might have been happy prior to that time, but all of a sudden, the thought of this individual, what does that mean? It means your mind has the ability to capture someone's energy. And that energy can translate and affect how you feel. Now, if, if thoughts do, are not reality, why are you, are you affected in your thoughts? If somebody can tell you bad news now, you'll start crying. You didn't see them. You didn't, you didn't see that person. You didn't see the person dead, breathless. Ufile! Oh, oh my daughter! Oh my tomb! Oh Sheila! You didn't see. What transmitted that emotion? Was words. Was words. Now, if words and thoughts can alter your physiology can alter your energy. That means thoughts and words are powerful enough to affect and alter anything material, anything physical. That with your thoughts and with your words, you can change anything material. Have you ever heard a speaker or music playing so loudly and your walls begin vibrating or your windows begin vibrating what is happening is that the sound waves are causing a solid state object artifact to move it is altering the viscosity of that object yet the sound waves are unseen So the thought of the sound waves that, that are projected from those speakers, 
the frequency was increased to a level that there was an alteration cause. That means there is a possibility that exists to increase the frequency of your thought waves, the frequency of your sound waves, so as to affect everything that is in your life. So you can drive away with enough force, with enough frequency radiation from your thoughts and your words. You can drive away poverty away from your life. You can drive away sickness from your body. You can drive away the life that is undesired that you see. Why? Because those thoughts that you have, that you produce, you produce. And those words that you produce are actually the materiality of expressing the creative assets of God. So when you think, you create. When you talk, you create. Now, if that is the case, that means there is what? There is, my God, there is a blank check given to you by God to create and recreate anything. Because if you can think and talk yourself into prosperity, into abundance, into health, into peace. That means the only limitations you have are those you create or are demonically orchestrated. So you've been working in reverse. You've been using your body, whereas your body should have been following the dictations of your thinkings, your imaginations, and your words. So life does not begin when you express in action. Life or creation or change begins when your thoughts and your words begin to work in materializing that desired outcome. So wishing is actually an automated or, or you're trying to autonomize the, the, the requirements of you participating actively in bringing the change. So change in life begins in the mastery of thoughts, emotions, and words. So God does not create until he imagines. And he does not create until there is, there is the emotion of pleasure derived from what he has imagined. The reason why we find we find that all these vices and sinister things like pornography has such an impact on humanity like none other is because of the effects that they have and the parts of you that they stimulate in the mind. How that you, you can actively find pleasure in an activity without having done it. Why? Because he that controls the mind controls the being.
That's why they, they want to put you in front of television screens to tell you lies. Why? To hijack your mind. When Jesus walked the earth, every time he wanted to perform a miracle and men approached him, he would always tell them, do not fear. Do not fear. The Greek expression of that term actually says, stop the fear. Every time somebody came and told him my mother is dying or somebody is sick, Jesus stopped the fear. Stop the fear. Why? Because those are, those are mind hijackers. Those are mind killers. He says, who of you by worrying can add one cubit or a length to your life? He said, you cannot lengthen your life by worrying. So there's no use in you worrying about things. What he was telling them is that, is that you, you, by worrying, you are bringing the negative or the reverse result. Nothing good has ever come from worrying. So that means that a man in, in his deepest poverty, the worst thing he could do in that state is use his mind to worry and fear. That's why poor people stay, stay poor forever. That's why sick people stay sick for longer. Why? Because their minds are hijacked. Their creative assets are hijacked. And Jesus told us, I mean, Paul told us, he says, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not, are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for, for, for the pulling down of strongholds. What are strongholds? Strongholds are ideas and satanic strongholds, ideas that have hijacked your, your, your way of thinking. You know, there's a, there's a right way to think and there's a way, wrong way to think. The wrong way to think are what, are what the Bible calls as irrational strongholds. Strongholds, strongholds that have been implanted in you, either through uh, community, uh, uh, family background, or, or the, the culture in which you come from, you think in a certain way. And he said, until those strongholds are destroyed, you cannot begin to operate those creative assets to bring transformative outcomes and results in your life. Failure, failure in life is as a result of failure to operate and work and engage the laws and the powers that are within you. What am I saying, beloved brother, is that you are not concentrated for change. You are not concentrated enough for change. That means the reason why things are not changing, your desires are not manifesting, your dreams are not coming to pass, is because your, your creative assets are not concentrated enough in the objectivity of bringing about that change. So this means that you can wheel artifacts like money, like 
uh, business deals, like promotions, like jobs. You can wield them from the comfort of your own home. You can learn to work your creative assets for building your life. Because in you exist the same forces, the same powers that created the universe. In you. In you. What did, what did, what did, what did Solomon say? He said, as a man thinks, so is he. In other words, you have what you have because of what you are. And you are what you are because of what you think. That means your thoughts make you. Do you understand that? We will elaborate. We will elaborate on that on the next session. Your thoughts make you. Your thoughts, as a, as you think, as you think, your habitual thoughts. They are the energy source of who you are. So, if we ever want to know what a man is like. You must look at how he thinks. In other words, if you ever want to know why one person may have so abundance of wealth and another has nothing, he says, he says, where you need to check is not his bank account. That's not where you will find the reason behind why he has so much. He says, where you need to go is his thoughts. Ha! Ha! That means you don't need to look at whether or not he is learned or he's degreed or that. No, he says where you need to go in order for you to understand why this man is rich is not because he has a BSc, it's not because he has an MBA, it's not because he has a PhD. No, it's because of what he thinks. So his thoughts define everything about him. So all of who that man is resides in how he thinks and what he thinks. Ah, how he thinks and what he thinks. That means he got to that place in his life because he thought differently than the poor man. He was able to accumulate wealth, accumulate stature in society because of how he thought. So the distinction between the poor and the rich, the healthy and the sickly is how you think and what you think. Think. 
That's why Satan tries as much as possible to throw traumatic experiences in your life so that you can retain the weight and the essence of those thoughts so that they affect the rest of your life how you think. But if you want to change your life, you must change how you think. You must change what you think. If you want to change your life, you must change how and what you think on. Ah. For as a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, as a man thinketh, that means you can think yourself into wealth. You can think yourself, my God, into health. You can think, you can think possibilities into your life. You can think business deals into your life. You, you can think them because he says, as you think, as you think, so are you. That means your thoughts are magnets. Your thoughts are magnetic energies that pull into your direction the things that are consistent with the nature of the prevailing thoughts. So that means you can, you, can, you can think in such a way that you begin to attract into your life the things which are going to make you what you are because of your thoughts. So you have to start thinking differently. You have to, to, to start using your mind because your mind is the link between the unseen reality and the physical desires that you want. Your mind is the link. Your mind is the link. It is the link. Are you listening to me? It is the link. That means no matter how much you pray, as long as your mind is not fixed, as long as that bridge is not strong enough, there will never be a crossover between the car you see, between the house you see, between the family you see in your dreams and imaginations and it materializing. So experiences are created when our imaginations have married with our emotions. I will repeat that. Experiences are created when our imaginations are married with our emotions. When what you imagine starts affecting how you feel, that means it has entered into the deeper regions of who you are. That is when you become magnetic because at that point in time, what what your mind, what your being tells to the, to the world around you is that you must bring into my life the pleasure that is derived from this emotion. So the emotion, the feeling that comes from the imagination is what will create the experience. So the experience is tangible. The car is the experience. Are you listening to me? But he says what you must learn to do is that you must learn not only to imagine but bring your imagination in what close proximity and marry your imagination with your emotion when now when now your 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 imagination of having a family starts starts making you jump off the ground he says you got it 
you got it because then at that time the forces that control life will bring that family to you when you start being happy about the money you are imagining that you don't have in your bank account he says that's when you start having money when you start being happy about the business opportunities that exist before you even begin experiencing and signing that deal he says you will begin to experience because experiences are created when imaginations marry emotions so if you can bring your imaginations and your emotions to align, he says you will begin to enter into the dimension of experience. What is faith? Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is when imagination and imagination combust. And that combustion is what brings what they call the big bang. That's what brings the creation of the thing which we have imagined. In Genesis chapter 6 the Bible says when God saw how the people in that generation were evil and every imagination of their heart was continually evil he was sorry that he created them God destroyed the earth in the antediluvian age not because of what they were doing but because of what they created from their imaginations so he judged them on the sins they were still going to commit because imagination is reality in motion when you imagine you are you are beginning the process of emotion I mean the process of creation huh. In Genesis chapter 11, the Bible says that the earth was one of one language and of one tongue and the people gathered together and they said among themselves, let us build ourselves a city and a tower that reaches even unto the heavens. Yes, they said that. And the Bible says it got the attention of God. And the Bible says then God came down to see what these men were doing. And then he said, for if we don't stop this, the thing which they have imagined to do, intended to do, he said, I even can't stop them. God didn't stop them from building. He only confused their tongue. He couldn't stop them from what they imagined. But because now, what they wanted to accomplish, they had no language to communicate thoroughly. There was confusion, so it could not be. That means every time there's confusion in your life, you cannot continue with the creation process. So if you want to create the life of your dreams, you must eliminate confusion. Stop saying I'm confused. The more you say I'm confused, the more you confuse the creative powers and, and forces that are Regulating the life that you want to live. Every time I'm confused, I don't understand. I'm confused, I don't know. I don't know, I'm confused. He said, you are weakening the powers that create the life that you want to live. In order for you to change what is outside you, you must change what is inside you. You must change the contents of your thoughts. You must change the nature of your thoughts. There can be no outside transformation. There can be no life recreation if there is no thought alteration. So the problem, you're going around in cycles and circles in life, 
is because in your mind you're going around in circles. You, you have not yet formed a clear picture. You have not yet formed a clear vision of where you want to be, what you want. You are confused. You don't know whether prosperity is right or wrong. You don't know whether it is right to be successful or not. Your mind is confused and that's why everything you're producing is confusion because you don't know. You, you have not solidified in your life the, the, the desire for prosperity. You want prosperity but you're so questioning is it right is it wrong what there are strongholds there are strongholds your old church your old pastors your 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 old poor pastor told you that money is a sin being rich is a sin having a great life is a sin don't desire such a life and and you're perplexed you're perplexed everybody's telling around money is not everything but you're looking around every time you go to the mall you want that dress you want that food you know what they say they say manifest 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 and you are wondering i i need this thing but i have not yet solicited my mind to to agree with what is going around in my world that money is essential therefore i will have money he says as a man thinketh so is he he says, a double-minded man, let him not think you will receive anything from the Lord. Ah, you one moment you are like, oh, if God can only bless me, the next moment you are like, oh, no, I don't know if God can bless people like us. You are confused. You are double-minded. You, like you are like a boat tossed by the winds of the waves. You are undecided. Decide what you want and you will become it. We are dealing with the source. We, we are dealing with, with, with the source dimension. We are dealing with the creative dimension. We are dealing, from, we are dealing with, from where things come from. Until you decide what you want, life will continue to give you and hand you uncertainties. That means your desire for what you want must be substantiated by the content of your thought. You can't say I want money and think about how broke you are. You can't say you want to be rich and think about how, how much, how much pricey, expensive things are. You can't talk about how wealthy you want to become because when you start thinking abundance, that means nothing is too good for you. No price is too high. You, that means you can't talk with how everybody else is talking. Things are going up. Inflation is going up. Life is becoming tougher. No, if you want to have an abundant life, you must have an abundant mindset. Do you think Mutipa is affected when things go down? He's not. He has, he has passed the threshold of needing money. He has lost, he has lost the concept of what money is. At that level of life, a man can do anything. Be what? Because in his mind, there is no need to worry. Hallelujah. I've taken up much of your time. Uh, let me go give you something to think about. Hallelujah. Here's what I want you to do for tonight and tomorrow. Sit down. Sit down. Get a pen. Get a paper. 
and write down all the things you want. All the things, all the major things you want in life. It, it can be a lot, it can be a few. In fact, just write, just write down three. Just write down three things that you want. And after you've written them down, I wanted you to ask yourself three questions. How much have you thought, imagined yourself in this position of, of those three things? Number two, investigate your mindset. What you think, how you think about those things. The kind of language you have toward those things. Like for instance, you say, no, you, you, I'll give you an example. I want money. I want to live an abundant life. Right? And then the first question is, how much time do you spend imagining that? And you will write there, I spend very little time thinking about or imagining the abundant life. But rather, I spend time complaining, worrying, and fearing. You will write, that, you will write it down. Number two, what is my mindset concerning this? And you will write, I'm, a, I'm very negative when it comes to money. I always think about money in negative terms because I don't seem to have it. I always complain, I always cry, and many times I become emotional. And the last one, number three, is what do I need to change? I need to change the way I think about money because as long as I think negatively, I will not experience the abundant life. I need to start thinking positive thoughts about money, abundant thoughts about money. I need to retrain my mind to see money as an asset and tool instead of an enemy. From today, I will spend 30 minutes a day imagining the abundant life and speaking positive affirmations about money. I will say, I have money. Money finds me. Everything and everyone prospers me. I am abundant because my Father God is abundant. I have abundance because my Father God has abundance. And I will say this every single day until my entire mindset about money changes.
Every time I catch myself complaining, right there and there, I will correct myself and apologize and I will say the right thing. Listen, if you can't do that, if you can't do that, if you can't do that, embrace for poverty for the rest of your life. Because until you change the energy around you, money will never respect you. Or whatever it is you want will not respect you. Until you change your energy toward it, it will not respect you. It will always run away from you. Because your energy that is being radiated from your thoughts are repelling what you want. You want it, but you, every, your, 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 what, your magnet, what is to bring that thing is not right. So you must start fixing it. Do that. Sit down with yourself and do that. You, you, you will begin to realize you will begin to realize why so much of your life has been unpleasant. You begin to realize why so much of your life has been so undesirable and undesiring. Once you start doing that, your eyes, your eyes will open and you'll see where your, where your problem is. Your problem has always been you. Fix you. You're the problem. Are you going to do that? Do that. Do those. If, 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 you, do, if you haven't heard, if you haven't heard, Listen to this message again. Listen to me. What we are endeavoring to do is to change your entire aura, your entire energy. Once you start addressing what you want and why you don't have what you want, you, you begin to see it. You, you begin to see it. It will be so clear what needs to be done. Do you know, for the last 15, 16 years of my life, I, I, have, I have not physically, I, I have not asked or borrowed anything from anyone. Never. Never. I've never called anybody and said, please borrow me something. Please, I'll give you month end. Please, will you? I've never. Ask anybody who knows me. Ask anybody who knows me. 
it is more blessed to give than to receive. That is the law. There is a law of the universe. It's a law of the universe. It's a law of the universe. The one who always receives never seems to have. The one who gives always has. I don't ask. For, for, I, I, I have made God. I have made God the spirit. You, you understand? I have made God the spirit, the source. That means anytime I, I, need something I will put a demand on the spirit I'll put a demand on the spirit Jesus said whatsoever you desire oh I know I'm not supposed to go here today but but we might as well go there Jesus said whatsoever you desire ha! says when you pray is not the prayer, it's the desire. It's not the prayer, it's the desire. <laughs> Your problem, you, you pray too much without desire. He says, whatsoever you desire, believe that you receive. I will teach you that principle. He says, believe that you receive. Believe and you shall have it. He doesn't, listen, he doesn't say receive it. He says, believe that you receive it. I, I'll, I'll teach you what he means. It's what I just told you. The marriage of imagination, desire, and emotion. When, 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 you start, when you start living, when you start living in that house, in your mind to the point where every time you think about it, there's, there's joy. Manifestation is close. Remember, it is feeling, it is feeling that tells us that the baby is here. It is travail. When a woman goes into labor, it is the overpowering feeling that comes over her that tells her it's time. He says, but once you see the baby, he says, all the pain seems to disappear because of the joy of your baby. When desire marries emotion. You know yourself, right? Nobody needs you. You, you know we're going home now. We, we, we're closing. We're closing. You know yourself, right? If Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. There's money. You, you've got 
more than enough to take care for of your family to take your child to the best school to live the best live in the best house it's there everything you needed to do or you've desired to do you now have the ability to do now try and imagine that but more so i want you to to try and and tap into how does that make you feel now for a moment for, forget your reality hold on to that picture that i just gave you how does that make you feel find the feeling find the feeling You see, you can open your eyes. If you haven't found the feeling, it means that thing is not a desire in your life. So what you do is that you go to where the desire makes you feel and you stay there. You stay there. You know why video games video games are so loved by the world? Because if you are a failure in life, you can be a success in a video game. And and that is why more and more people will live in the virtual world than in the real world. Because in the virtual world they couldn't be whoever they want. Yet that is an extrapolation of the already existing framework that is your mind. So if you have a desire and you can go to the feeling the desire gives you and stay there and stay there and stay there let me tell you something my brother my sister you will experience it you will leave that life you will leave that life we'll continue again i hope this message blessed you and i hope you will do what i the homework that i gave you we'll continue again i want you to stay with it i want you to stay with it do that all the three things that you really want in your life and those three questions and then answer them answer those questions only you can answer them only you can answer them Do you know do you know I never worry I don't worry Yeah omot omotobiangwe no osawari I don't worry 
I don't. Why? Because I found a way to replace worry. If there's ever a need in my life, I know how to find the solution. Listen, God knows your father left you, your mother left you in 1953. God knows all those things. God knows that you are alone, you're broke. God knows you have no education. God knows. God knows all those things. God knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. And that's not the life he wants for you. That's still not the life he wants for you. But at any point in your life, you, you can change your life by changing yourself, by changing how you think. Because once you begin making those changes, you will realize you are more capable than what you thought yourself. You will realize that Throughout most of your life, you've been undermining yourself. You'll be, you'd, be, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed on, on, on what is possible when you begin changing your mind. You'll be amazed. I, I have never I have never missed a payment of any bill that I have. I have never missed a payment. Not debt. Don't have debt. Bill. I have never missed a payment. There were times where few times, very few times, maybe two or three times. In fact, two. I think it was two or three times where I did not know how I was going to pay rent at the end of the month. I, I just did not know how I was going to pay rent at the end of the month, the money that I had coming in. Guess what I did? I didn't go borrow money. I waited until my wife and child went to bed. I went into my study I lie down here on the floor and I would lie down and guess what I was thinking about? I wasn't thinking about how I was going to pay the money, how I was going to pay the rent. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about all the ways the money is going to come. <laughs> I'll lie down and, and I'll sit there for an hour and I think about all the ways, different ways the money is going to come. And then I would say over and over, over and over, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord 
is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What, what am I doing? What am I doing? You are, you are aligning, you are putting pressure on the spirit. You see, chants, mantras, meditations, the reason why it's important that you train yourself to do that, here's the reason why. Because your conscious mind, you see the one that thinks can see the light, that one, that one is not really where, where the magic happens. The magic happens in the unconscious and subconscious, which is, called, which is the heart. Right? That's where reality is processed. But the responsibility of the conscious mind is, is to code, is to program that dimension. So if that dimension is not programmed, it's, it's what Jesus spoke about when he spoke about the parable of the seed and the sower. If that dimension is not programmed, in other words, there has to be input. Just like you put seed in the ground in order for you to have harvest, there must be input in the sub and unconscious areas of your mind. That's, that's where the magic happens. Guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. Life emanates from the heart, but there must be programmings that take place. You must program it. So you use your conscious uh, mind to program where the magic happens. I'll, I'll teach you. Uh, let's, let's close off for today. Let's close off for today. Let's close off. But you, you, you really mean you can lie down on the floor and then one day later, two days later, you have what you needed? <laughs> The just shall be delivered through knowledge. God is more than enough. God is more than enough. And we have a blank check. Your, that, that blank check is how the blank check is how you use your mind and how you use your words. Right now you can you can say, you can prophesy contra Haklidritna. You can prophesy right now, right now. You can prophesy. You can sit on your bed. You can sit, go and find some quiet place right now. Don't matter wherever you are, you can recline to a quiet place and you can prophesy. You can prophesy. Everything and everyone prospers me now. Everything and everyone prospers me now. <laughs> what is prophecy? Is to tell the future. Is to tell the future. 
and you you can prophesy your own future. You can bring your future into existence. You can imagine it. You can. Oh my God! We'll continue tomorrow. I love you. God bless you. Uh, enjoy your evening. I'll upload this. I'll upload this. Uh, I'll upload. I'll upload this. God bless you. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. I think it's enough for today. God bless you. <laughs> uh, God bless you. Good night.